0: This is S-R-1
1: The Rob Carter Show Alright everybody, here we go Today is Sunday, June 18th, 2023 My name is Rob Carter, thanks for joining us I want to wish all of you dads out there a very wonderful Father's Day Hope you had a great day, hope you got to spend time with your family I hope you felt loved and appreciated, and I want to pay tribute to my father here in just a bit. I figure I have the microphone and the opportunity. I might as well take advantage of it. You know, when I was preparing for the show, I was reading emails and text messages, and the information out there is overwhelming because people love sending me clips, love sending me articles, love sending me their opinions on things, love critiquing my show and telling me what to do and how to get better. And I love all of it. I really do. I just like that people are engaged. It's the one thing I fear about Donald Trump because I know I've been bashing him for a long time and that makes people crazy that love him. It just drives them nuts because they see him as the superhero, like on his playing cards that he was selling. They see him flying down with a red cape and his Goldilocks flowing in the wind to restore our republic uh, to protect our constitutional rights. And I say he already had a chance and we have some idea of what he's all about, but there's so many angles uh, from Donald Trump supporters as to why they think he's doing what he's doing. Some people believe that he did a terrific job in the first term, greatest president of all time. They dismiss COVID completely. They believe that he was fooled or that he had to do that. Or he put all of his trust in Dr. Fauci because he had to, um, I say he's the chief executive officer, and I don't think he has any right to shut down society. I don't think he had that right to begin with, and I have played the clips on the show over and over again where he is chastising governors for opening up too early. Donald Trump is the one who shut down our society, and he had no right to do it. And I I personally, uh, I guess I could forgive him um, if I got some explanation, but I'm not going to blindly uh, give all of my uh, support to Donald Trump unless he answers some questions, there's a great conversation with Joe Rogan and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that should be the outline for the way we start to talk to our politicians. Now, I'd give that interview with Joe Rogan and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. maybe a B, B B+, because when they talk about COVID and how our medical system and how the scientific community works... Uh, It's very enlightening if you haven't paid attention to it. I've talked about it on this show from the very beginning, so it just validates all of the things that I've talked about, just like Newt Gingrich did last week when he talked about the club schools, and we're going to talk about that again today. Um, There are club members everywhere, and I'm not saying they're all bad guys. I'm just saying if you recognize that they might be part of a club, then when you see these statements that they make that you love and you attach to them and you go, oh, That person thinks like me, that person is on my side, I will support that person. Well, when they're in the club, what you recognize is all of the glowing rhetoric never amounts to anything, nothing ever happens, nothing ever gets done. So we're going to go through a lot of the club members today. We're going to talk about uh, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom most recently went on Sean Hannity, and just to show you how the club works, you got Gavin Newsom, who was previously married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. Kimberly Guilfoyle on Fox News, and now she is dating, and I believe engaged to, Donald Trump Jr. I don't play or pay too much attention to the palace intrigue. I think they're still dating, um, but isn't it interesting that Donald Trump says he can't go after Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom never said anything mean to him, and then Gavin Newsom is now going on Sean Hannity, supposedly, supposedly the enemy, and having a very coherent conversation with him about things that are crazy, he says that Joe Biden is perfectly lucid. This is what Gavin Newsom says. Uh, Gavin Newsom is a used car salesman of the highest sort, but what's dangerous about him is he is now th- now out there trying to get support for a 28th Amendment that would restrict gun rights. So if he's going to try to take gun rights away, I've told you before, they're coming for the guns, and they want central bank digital Currencies and Ron DeSantis. I have a clip of him saying, "Of course, that's what the establishment wants, because they can control. If they can control your freedom of purchase, if they can get in the middle of you and purchasing anything in this country, because it's digital, there's nothing tangible uh, to use for whatever you want to buy. If they can turn off your ability to put gas in your car, if they can turn off your ability to get food." Um then you are a slave to whoever's running the system. Uh, so we'll play that clip from Ron DeSantis. I have a clip from Josh Hawley. You know, Josh Hawley, a senator from Missouri, also from Yale. Um, he is pounding away uh, at Mayorkas, talking about Mayorkas and allowing child slavery right here in the United States. I've talked about the pedophile rings for a long time. And what, you know what, I'll leave it for the uh, for the clip. When I play the Josh Hawley clip, I want to remind you that Josh Hawley is explaining something. He's basically saying that the federal government is allowing child slavery in this country. What he fails to tell you is that the government is behind the child slavery. If you're allowing it, wouldn't it just make sense that if you're paying attention to it that they're in bed with these people? (laughs) If not, why wouldn't you stop it? Our government wouldn't allow child slavery, would they? So we'll play that clip from uh, Josh Hawley, in a bit. Then I have another clip from Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he's another club member from Yale, uh, had a pharmaceutical business uh, as well. And he's talking about free speech and the importance of free speech. And again, he says everything that you'd want to hear, just like Josh Hawley, just like Ted Cruz. Speaking of Ted Cruz, I have a clip of him dressing down a guy from the FBI because this FBI guy is holding information about the Biden bribery scheme. And he gives an impassioned plea, Ted Cruz does, about the lack of trust the American people have in the FBI. But again, nothing will get done. Think of Benghazi and think of Trey Gowdy. I Think of the Mueller hearings. Think of Peter Stroke and Lisa Page and Comey and Brennan and all the people that came before Congress and everybody thought something was going to go down. They screamed and yelled. They had him trapped. They knew they were lying just like James Clapper. He got busted for lying, but nothing ever happens to these people. They are above the law. Why? And why can't we ask the questions? My biggest beef with Donald Trump is he is not going on any form where you can really ask him questions about his uh, performance and COVID-19 uh, about the way he blew out the debt Um, there's a lot of questions for Donald Trump that need to be answered. That's all I'm saying. So if I'm wrong and Donald Trump is the hero, he should at least go out there and prove me wrong. He shouldn't be doing rallies saying that he is the only guy that can save the day. He's out there right now saying it is either tyranny and the only person that can save us is Donald Trump. That's what Donald Trump is saying. It's just incredible. Uh, Glenn Youngkin is supporting Donald Trump. He thinks that what's going on with this indictment, uh, adds to, to the distrust in the DOJ, and he thinks we need to restore our trust in the justice system. But the first thing I want to get to today is the conversation Joe Rogan had with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. If you didn't get to see it, uh, you should check it out. He's on Spotify. Uh, but it is a great conversation about the scientific community and about the way COVID was handled all the way around. And I want to start with this First clip, this is not from the Joe Rogan show, but it is Robert F. Kennedy talking about the dangers that we're in. So let me just kind of set this up. What scares me is that we, in my opinion, it's pretty clear, we have a global oligarchy. We have a captured government. That's why you got guys like Joe Biden that can't string a sentence together. It's why you got guys like Fetterman in Pennsylvania, a guy with a brain injury that actually cannot complete a thought. He just can't think straight, so he just babbles and mumbles. And the American people are supposed to accept this as our as our new government. These are the people that are leading us. It's it's just crazy. Um, and what there's this guy named Michael Yon, and he's been out there saying that our government is captured. And what you see with guys like Biden and Fetterman is what he calls dog kings. And he says, you know, in history, when an enemy has infiltrated a society, they put dogs in charge of it, or bumbling idiots in charge of it, to humiliate the society. Are we being humiliated by Joe Biden? And wasn't it Donald Trump's responsibility to protect our elections? I mean, maybe you don't think it was. Maybe you think he, just, he was blindsided by everything. Everything was uh, just out of his purview, if you will. He just couldn't figure things out and or he has some master plan. Um, who knows what the real reasoning is? But these things happened under his watch, the lockdowns. All of these things happened under Donald Trump. And I think he has some responsibility to answer questions at the very least because I think if you pay attention to his body of work, you're going to find out that the man is playing both sides of the fence all the time. And the only way to support him is to believe that lying is the answer to our problems. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is out there saying, I'm going to run a whole different kind of campaign. I'm going to try something very different. I'm going to tell the American people the truth. So let's start with this very first clip because he's talking about the dangers of authoritarian government having the technology to enslave the American people and uh, global populations as well. Global totalitarianism. Very scary stuff. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., clip number four, six, ready. Go.
2: A government that has the power to starve its citizens when they're disobedient will inevitably turn our entire country into serfs. It is the ambition of every totalitarian regime to exercise complete control over every aspect of our lives. We live at a time now that technology has dangerously expanded the capacity for governments and corporations to control our lives. Distant, impersonal, multinationals and authoritarian technologies have usurped the realms of human activity that were once private or held by a community. They monitor our every movement, our communications, our every transaction, and the technologies they use to monitor us can also be used to control us.
1: Very scary situation. That's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's telling us the realities of the world that we now live in. He's warning us of the dangers if we don't get involved in our government. And I'm not saying he's the answer either. I'm just saying he is telling you the truth about the dangers of the situation that our people are in right now. So if you have some care for your kids and grandkids, you at least have to pay attention to what's happening. Because they are going to strip your freedom of speech away. They are going to restrict your gun rights. Um, it's not good. It's not good at all, and I think it's happening very quickly, and I think AI and I think technology makes it a situation where if it does get into place, I don't know how you get out of it. I just don't know how you get out of it. As he said, it's cold and it's impersonal. I mean, you could theoretically walk into a, um, a store And the only way to get food is with a credit card that is approved digitally by a government that is tyrannical in nature. Uh, Because if you believe that they are running pedophile rings, as we found out with Jeffrey Epstein, and if you believe Josh Hawley, uh, that there is child slavery going on, uh, then we have a government that is run amok, wouldn't you agree? Here is Josh Hawley, the aforementioned uh, Josh Hawley, talking about child slavery right here in America, this is what's going down in this country. Uh, I saw these videos on Twitter. I was wondering when it was going to come out in Congress. But here it is. This is Josh Hawley. Now, again, Josh Hawley for Yale. So nothing's going to happen. But you're going to believe that Josh Hawley, this is just my opinion. I believe that you're going to see Josh Hawley give a terrific, impassioned uh, takedown of Mayorkas. But nothing's going to happen. Child slavery will continue. Our borders will remain wide open. Here is Josh Hawley. Clip number two.
3: Ready, go. And I tell you what I'm tired of. I've had Secretary Mayorkas sit in front of me in a different committee, the Homeland Security Committee, where I asked him at length about the outrage of 250,000 migrant children unaccompanied crossing the border in the last two years and tens of thousands of them being sold into slavery. Let's not mince words. They've been sold into slavery. When kids are being put into factories, forced to work overnight, forced to work in terrible conditions, they're not getting paid, they're not going to school, sometimes they're not getting fed, that's slavery. And what I heard from Secretary Mayorkas, don't take my word for it, you go look at the record, read the transcript. What he told me was, oh, it's not my problem. We don't have anything to do with it. Not my problem. Now we have a new report from HHS where they say, it's not their problem. Amazing how this works. Nobody's responsible. These kids are literally being sold as slaves in the United States of America in the year 2023, and nobody's responsible.
1: Now, that's terrific. And I don't want to say that Josh Hawley is involved in a bigger system. Uh, But at some point, all of these statements must be backed up with action. If you have to mobilize the American people, you have to mobilize the American people. We can't allow child slavery in this country, can we? Uh, Can we allow Jeffrey Epstein to service all of the rich and powerful with young minors uh, for whatever? You know, you don't know what's going on there, but something not good is going on and nobody seems to take any actions. There's just never any action to solve these problems. They just continue on and on and on and all of the people that we are trusting to help us to organize us to get things done nothing ever seems to take place and that is why we have to demand that our leaders begin to answer questions and begin to solve problems stick around segment number two we'll be right back the rob carter show the rob carter show All right, everybody. Welcome back. Ah, this song hits home for me. Couldn't pick a better song for Father's Day because this is the the way it goes down for most people. Very busy as you're raising your family and you always wish you could go back and get more time. So for you young fathers out there, enjoy every minute.
0: Because
1: it happens fast.
0: The
1: cat's in the cradle and the Little boy blue My youngest and daughter's blue. going off to KU home't'll know But I want to tell the story of my own father because he's been such an influence on my kids and my family. So I love you pops I hope you don't mind me telling this story When I was a kid, The vast majority of my memories That concern my father He was drunk And I knew he loved me And he tried to be present But it was clear now and looking back That he was very sick And he was always causing problems In and out of drug rehabs My entire young life And I remember Vividly This particular story It was in January of 1987 Remember the phones in the kitchen And you had to pick it up And walk around with the cord He'd embarrassed me the day before For the hundredth time And that was his M.O. He'd do something crazy when he was drunk And then he'd call the next day and apologize To me or my mom or whoever And this particular time He'd it, that was it for me. I'd had enough. So I'd built up the courage that when he called, I was going to say, Dad, I don't want to see you anymore. I've just, that's it. Uh, stay out of my life. So when he called, we began the conversation. And of course, he's apologizing. And I'm saying, listen, Dad, I'm not mad at you. Um, you need to get help at some point. But we've tried it so many times. Uh, I, I think it's a lost cause. And stay out of my life. And either that day or shortly thereafter, he checked himself into barnes Jewish Hospital right there in St. Louis. And this is a story that his sponsor, his AA sponsor, told me. His name was Phil. He said, I heard your dad was in barnes Jewish trying to get sober. And I had been sober for five years. AA. So I went up to the hospital to see him because if you're a recovering alcoholic and you're in your AA, your duty is to help other alcoholics get sober. That's part of the gig. Boy, it like so he goes in to see my dad. He says he's a mess. Uh, just crying and uh, doesn't know what to do. Feels helpless. Doesn't think he can, can't control the addiction. Wants to stop but just can't. And Phil said, Mike, you can restore, my father's name is Mike. He said, Mike, you can restore your relationships with everybody that you care about in your life, but you're going to have to go through a process. And if you stick with me and you do as I tell you to do, I can make this work for you. I can make it so that you have the tools to get your family back, get your son back. And he tells him this, uh, gives him uh, as much hope as he can give him and then walks out the door and this is Phil, his sponsor, talking to me. He says, when I got to the elevator, I wanted to go back and see if your dad had any change to him. Uh, had he taken my advice? Because the last thing he said when he walked out of the room is, Mike, what you should do is get on your hands and knees and pray that God takes the desire for you to drink away. Now, you'd have to know that All of my life, all I'm seeing is a very sick, alcoholic, drug-addicted person. That's it. That's how I was raised. Phil says he comes back to my dad's hospital bed, peeks around the corner, and my dad is on his hands and knees crying, praying. And that was the last day my father ever took a drink. It's the most incredible story. And what is so inspirational about it and why I'm so proud of my father is that he was able to Change everything about him through discipline and hard work and desire. He gave up a lot of things. He couldn't travel anymore. Couldn't make all the money that he was making prior. Uh, he had to go to AA meetings day in and day out, even when he didn't know why he was there. And he kept at it and kept at it. And I watched a guy transform himself into a wonderful father, uh, the most reliable man. He's if you need him, he's there. Um, he went down to Florida and started a didn't start, but was a part of a. Halfway house, and he has letters from kids that he helped get off a of heroin that would just are so emotional and just heart wrenching, um, and how respectful and uh, the admiration they have for my father is is fantastic. And I tell you what, he's been a great grandfather. He's been a great person. He's been the the rock in my life. Um, and when you get to see somebody change themselves like that, um, it really does create a ton of confidence. That you can conquer anything, when you see somebody, you know I always say it's almost like a, a a cancer in your spirit. That's what alcoholism and drug addiction can do to you. It takes you outside of your mind. Um, you're not the person God designed you to be, and you must seek out, as they say in AA, a higher power in order to fix it. And to watch that process, and to watch somebody change from a from a really kind of a bummy type of guy. I mean, he was he's always been a bright person. He's always been a outgoing person a responsible person even when he was drinking he would show up for work on time but he was just a um, he was just a mess and then to watch that transformation over time and uh, watch what a kind person he's turned into what a great grandfather he's turned into what a good man he's turned into uh, has been a great inspiration to me and my kids so love you pops happy father's day i could not be more proud of you now let me get back into politics before I break my voice and start to get emotional and mess this whole thing up. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about again this week is the club. Because I think once you recognize what this club is all about, it becomes easier to sort through these people or have, you know, one eye on them and one eye uh not necessarily paying attention to what they're saying, but how everything is playing out because it can be an orchestrated dance. And I want to start with a couple of people uh, that I didn't talk about last week. So let me do just a little recap, and then we'll get into some more names if you remember the club schools because I always call it the club because uh, these are people that, att- that are attached to certain schools, and that's the best way to, f- to recognize who they are. I say it all the time. So you've got Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Columbia, Georgetown, Oxford, the London School of Economics, and if you get into the medical, it's Johns Hopkins. So there's a group of schools, and that is where all of the power is concentrated. Uh, Let me just remind you of what we talked about last week. Secretary of State, so all the diplomatic corps is run by uh, Tony Blinken from Harvard and Columbia. You have the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, he's from Harvard. You have the FBI Director, Christopher Wray, he's from Yale. you got the CIA Director, William Burns, he's from Oxford. You have eight of the nine Supreme Courts justices of the United States are from club schools, eight of nine. You have the Fed chairman, uh, Jerome Powell, who went to Princeton and Georgetown, and he's a part of the Carlisle Group, which is an investment bank uh, that the Bushes are involved in. You have the Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen. She's from Yale, Harvard, and the London School of Economics. And if you just go back through the Fed, the people that are in charge of our money and our currency, Ben Bernanke, former Fed chair, he's from Harvard, Paul Volcker, He's from Princeton, Harvard, and the London School of Economics. Arthur Burns, Columbia. Uh, Janet Yellen, before she was the Secretary of the Treasury, she was a Fed Chair. She's from Yale, Harvard, and the London School of Economics. Then you have Alan Greenspan, who went to Columbia. Uh, He's married to, of course, Andrea Mitchell from MSNBC. So there is a group of people that run the show in this country. And before I... Uh, expand upon that conversation let me remind you what newt gingrich said last week because he validated again the things that i've been talking about from the very beginning he talks about the secret societies within the ivy league schools and he mentions yale harvard and princeton they have unified to take control over the american people and they do not want to lose their power newt gingrich clip number two ready go
2: The the national establishment, the people who went to Harvard and Yale and Princeton, uh, the folks who belong to Skull and Bones, all of those people are united in a determination to, to retain power over the American people.
1: Let me play that for you one more time. Pay attention. This is very important for me to get across to people. If this is happening, it's the only way you're going to recognize who's who. It's the only way to see things In a different light, because if you are polarized between Democrat and Republican, conservative, liberal, left, right, the typical binary choices, then we're never going to get out of this box. The only way to get out of this box, in my opinion, is what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says. We must unite. We must have free and verifiable elections. But the first thing we have to do is unite as a people and recognize that there is tyranny around the corner. And if we don't get on the same page, well, then it's going to happen. It's not left versus right. It's us versus them. You have a global oligarchy system that has infiltrated every position of power here in this country. And they're coming to take your freedoms away. And I think you have an obligation to understand what's happening and to uh, protect future generations. Here is Newt Gingrich one more time. Pay very close attention because this has been the underlying premise of my show. And I want to make sure that people recognize and understand what he's describing Newt Gingrich, one more time.
2: The, the national establishment, the people who went to Harvard and Yale and Princeton, uh, the folks who belong to Skull and Bones, all of those people are united in a determination to, to retain power over the American people.
1: So now that we have established that, and I've talked about the levers of power within our government again, Secretary of State, Attorney General, FBI Director, CIA Director, eight of the nine Supreme Court Justices of the United States, the Fed Chairman, and the Secretary of Treasury. All club members, all club member schools. I don't know if they're up to anything nefarious, but you, know, you might wonder if the direction of the country is going the way it is and all of these people are tied together behind the scenes or through colleges and clubs, if you will. Uh, I think it's time for them to start answering some questions. Don't you think that's fair? I mean, they are running your life. Uh, they're creating inflation. They're creating tension amongst all of us. I mean, all they want to do is pick scabs. It's, uh, you know, they want to talk about sexual orientation and the color of your skin nonstop just to make sure that we are fighting day in, day out. We're always at each other's throat, and that is by design. That's what they want because if we're fighting, we'll never turn our attention to the real problem, which is a centralized government that has been captured, captured. We do not have the sovereignty we believe that we have. Here is a guy by the name of Callan. it's C-A-L-I-N, Colin George Skew. And he is a former president of the Club of Rome for Europe. Now, the Club of Rome is one of these, this is one of these institutions, one of these organizations that are tied into the global oligarchy system. So when a former president has this to say, he may be a little bit of a shady character himself, but what he's talking about um, is something you have to pay attention to because the global oligarchs, they mean business. And now with technology, they have the opportunity to enslave the entire globe. AI and the advances in technology with an authoritarian bent when the American people don't even know that it's happening. That is just a jail cell being built around you while you're not paying attention. So uh, it's time to think through these things and have a conversation with the people that lead us. Don't you think? Here is Kalin George-Skew. Best I could pronounce it. Here we go. Clip number one eight. Ready, go.
4: For this reason, this oligarchic, the world oligarchic system, they have the power on Europe because they control all the people like Bundeskanzler or president or prime minister or whatever there are. So, so for this reason, sorry to interrupt you, the, the situation with Donald, Donald Trump was a big shock. They didn't expect that to happen. That was an accident, I suppose. Absolutely an accident. Not the,
0: part of their game was plan. Was the
4: first time of the oligarchy system was what happened an accident. Mm-hmm. Because normally it have to be Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Not Donald Trump. Yeah. And the process which we are dealing now uh, with this pandemic mm-hmm. and all these uh, liars was supposed to be in 2016. They he were has- pushed into into in exactly. In a start. sense, to be in 2020, to be a, a disaster regarding food and water. Ah, I see. Which normally they want to arrive in 2025 now. I see. So the plan was a little bit changing. For this reason, uh, of course, they don't. They will not succeed. This is clear. I mean, the the system is almost down. Mm-hmm. It's uh, but. Uh, of course, there are the last moments, and we have to be, to have the courage now, all of us, to say no, in a sense that UN could be a fantastic, can, can have a fantastic role, but is not, because it's totally under control of the oligarchs. Mm-hmm. The problem is that these oligarch, all of them, are related with the um, system of the pedophilia one, because we know that there are more than eight million children per year, which they disappear. Eight million does mean the entire population of Austria.
1: Eight million kids missing around the world. And here's a guy that is tied into the oligarchy system saying, hey, listen, not only do the oligarchs run the world, They also have a pedophile system. Boy, it's crazy. This world is getting crazy, and it's time for America to stand up and get something done. Segment number three. We'll be right back. The Rob
0: Carter Show.
1: The Rob Carter Show. So I get a text a couple days ago from Phil. The fabulous producer of this show And it says Holding out for a hero Implying that when I talk about Donald Trump This is the song I should go with And I had once done a podcast Where I played the Foo Fighters song Here Comes My Hero But this will work I like this one Kind of a cheesy 80's Song but Donald Trump is a hero. He is the white knight. You know how I know. I read it on the back of one of his playing cards, one of his superhero cards. And who am I to argue? i got to play this clip for you here in just a minute. Because, once again, he's making the argument to his legions of fans and supporters, American patriots, as he likes to call them, and I believe that to be true. I think most Trump supporters are patriots. But he has positioned himself as the only person who can save us, that they are coming to get us, and he alone is standing in the way. They don't want him. They want us. But he will never budge. He will never move. Where's the evidence of that? Outside of the fact that people believe he's being persecuted and prosecuted, where is the evidence that he is standing between them and us? I don't get it. I don't see it. Um, I wish somebody could explain it to me. I'm trying and trying and trying uh, to see through that lens because, again, I hope that I'm wrong about Donald Trump. I hope he is a hero, and I hope he comes to save the day. But here he is again saying something that I just completely disagree with. I think this is a, uh, I think this is a statement that kind of sums up where we're at Uh, If Donald Trump is the only one who can save us, then I think we're in a really bad situation because I don't think Donald Trump has any chance to save us. So for me, if what he's saying is true, uh, we got bad times on the horizon. Here is Donald Trump standing between them and us. He's the only one. Check it out. Donald Trump, ready, go. They want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom.
0: It's very simple. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. They want you silenced. And I am the only one that can save this nation because, you know, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. And I just happen to be standing in their way and I will never be moving. On November 5th, 2024, justice will be done. We will take back our country, and we will make America great again. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great job. Thank you.
1: Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? That rhetoric sounds very familiar. He says he's not going to let them silence us. Well, when he was president, I can tell you they were silencing me. YouTube was taking me down. Facebook was taking me down. Instagram was taking me down. Twitter was taking me down. That was under Donald Trump. So they were silencing us. They silenced the entire debate about mRNA, gene therapy, technologies. They sold us vaccines. They completely shut down the debate. They had a one-sided argument on their media apparatus. And if you went against the government the government mantra, well, they just shut you up. They shut you down. They tried to humiliate you. That's what they did when Donald Trump was the president of the United States. That's just... Uh, That's not that long ago. I think you might be able to remember how it all went down. Now, I want to get into a couple of the club members and how this is playing out, just to give you a different perspective on what you're watching. Uh, First thing I want to do is read this from The Hill. This is about Glenn Youngkin. Now, Glenn Youngkin uh, is a Harvard club member, Carlisle Group, tied to the Bushes. Uh, This is his statement about Donald Trump being indicted most recently. It says, and by the way, indicted by Jack Smith also from Harvard and then he was indicted in Manhattan uh, by Alvin Bragg also from Harvard it says regardless of your party this undermines faith in our judicial system at exactly the time when we should be working to restore that trust now nobody has any trust in the justice system anymore um, we see a two-tier justice system we know that if you're in the club uh, nothing bad's going to happen to you you have a get out of jail free card you can uh, you can be a pedophile You can sell drugs, Um, you can do porn videos on tape, you can run bribery schemes throughout the country, throughout the entire world if you're uh, Hunter Biden. You can launder money, you can do whatever you want to do, and the FBI will protect you. So let me start there. Uh, This is Ted Cruz, because as you know, Senator Grassley, I like to call him Wilbur, he wrote a statement saying that there was a whistleblower that had all the goods, had the uh, tape recordings had it all, showing that the Joe, that Joe Biden and the Joe Biden and his family were involved in a bribery scheme for five million dollars. Now they all, my opinion again, if I'm allowed to have it, if it's still legal, I think all these guys are involved in the same kind of scheme. It's a mafia that runs the entire show. But when you find out that one of these mafia members has got caught, then the other side has to feign outrage, and they're coming to fix it. I mean, remember the Benghazi hearings. Like I said, the Mueller hearings, we could go on and on and on. This has been going on for so long, it gets to be redundant. It's ridiculous, really. But here is Ted Cruz. He's going after um, an FBI guy because this FBI person is blocking information, will not release the information to the American public, showing that Joe Biden and his family were involved in a bribery scheme. Check this out. Ted Cruz. Ready? Go. Gentlemen, every day when I'm home in Texas, I hear
5: from Texans who are deeply dismayed about the growing politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI. If you are not, every one of you should be deeply concerned about the damage being done to the integrity of the institutions in which you operate. My office hears regularly from FBI agents and from assistant US attorneys who are likewise concerned about the politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI, and this is profoundly damaging to the rule of law in our nation.
3: Good, Last 80. month,
5: a whistleblower brought to light the existence in the FBI of a report in F.D. 1023 in which the informant alleges that President Biden and his family members engaged in a $5 million bribery scheme Peanuts. during his time as vice president. Deputy Director Abadi, is it true that the FBI has a report making those allegations? Uh, I'm not going to comment on that, Senator. And why is that? I'm just not going to comment on uh, information we received, investigations. Do you owe an obligation to the American people to be candid about evidence of corruption by the President of the United States? This is uh, an area that I'm not going to get into with you, Senator. Well, I understand you don't want to, and that's why people are mad at the FBI, because you're stonewalling and covering up serious allegations of evidence of corruption from the president. Yesterday, Senator Chuck Grassley stood on the Senate floor and alleged that there are 17 recordings of this informant from Burisma, Ukrainian natural gas company, Fifteen of them are recordings, voice recordings of him talking to Hunter Biden. Two of them are voice recordings of him talking to Joe Biden. Deputy Director Abate, does the FBI have 17 voice recordings laying out evidence of a bribery scheme? Senator, I would add also that uh, we've worked with the House Oversight Committee yeah, this is the, the Senate. where the other side were- of the Capitol. This is the Senate. Do you have those 17 recordings? I'm not going to comment on any investigative matter, Senator. See, that's the problem. The FBI, and I've had this conversation with Chris Ray, too. This is why you are damaging the institution. The American people have a right to know
1: Christopher. whether Christopher there is serious Ray credible
5: evidence that the President of the United States took a $5 million bribe. And by the way, if it's false, Chairman Durbin just rolled his eyes. If Chairman Durbin were interested in the rule of law, we would have a hearing on these allegations. But, of course, the Democrats don't want a hearing on these allegations. And to be clear, if the allegations are false, you know who could
1: disprove them? Joe Biden. Just absolutely fabulous, Ted Cruz. Academy Award winner. Uh, This goes on and on. This is the way it works. So, so far, we've talked about Josh Hawley from Yale. He is... uh, letting us know that we have a child slavery system going on right here in America and that nobody in the government wants to take responsibility for it. I would ask, is it possible that's because the government is complicit in the scheme? Is that maybe why the borders are open? Is that maybe what's going on behind the scenes? Is it possible? Can we ask the questions? Is it legal to have a curious mind about your government? I don't know. Or are we just conspiracy theorists because we want answers to questions? Uh, depends on how you look at it, I guess. Then we got Ted Cruz. He's going after the FBI because they're withholding information about a bribery scheme with the Biden family. He's from Princeton and Harvard. Now I want to get into the... Uh, these are big uh, conversations right here. These are big stories uh, because they say, again, they're telling us things that we know, and they're telling us things that uh, we agree with. This is I'm going to start with Ron DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis is talking about central bank digital currencies because when that happens, guns and central bank digital currencies, digital currency and the elimination of our Second Amendment or the stripping down of our Second Amendment to where it's really you can't really get a gun unless the government tells you or says that you can, Uh, and they can put whatever restriction they want on there, waiting periods, uh, if you've ever smoked a joint or if you've ever had any kind of anxiety medicine, all of a sudden you can no longer have a gun. Believe me when I tell you, uh, they will move the goalposts so that eventually it's going to be almost impossible to get a gun. That is the plan. Remember Hillary Clinton? She said she wanted to go after the Australian model when it applied to guns, which was a buyback program, and it took all of the guns away from the Australian citizens. This is what the Democrats want, so they keep pounding away at it every way that they can, trying to convince you that you need to give up your guns. And they're not going to give up until they get them. Um, And you would hope that the Republicans would stand in their way. But as we've begun to notice, they're all talk. They get nothing done. I give you Josh Hawley. I give you Ted Cruz. And now I give you Ron DeSantis. Clip number six, eight, Ron DeSantis. Ready? Go. Right at the press conference, the central bank digital currency, we're banning it in Florida. Now, the
6: corporate press is having an absolute spasm over this. Because, oh, you know, it doesn't exist yet, all this other stuff, which is true. They haven't done it, but Biden's studying it. And what they want to do is they want to have that be a kind of the uh, they want to get rid of crypto, all that stuff. This will be a digital dollar. Then they want to go to a cashless society. Once they're in a cashless society, then they have oversight and could could change uh, or prevent you from spending your money the way you want. And it'd be like a social credit system. The media is like, oh, there's no plan to do that. They wouldn't be allowed to do that. I'm like, when is that ever stopped? Think that they could say because of climate change you can only fill up your car once or twice a week and then the payments wouldn't go through. They absolutely would do that, and um, I think they found with COVID they got away with a lot during COVID. Yes, and I think they could get away more if Congress ever authorized it. That would trump our state law,
1: but I don't think Congress would authorize it. Yeah, that we- well, what's he talking about? He doesn't think Congress would pass it. Sooner or later they will, because that's the goal. They just need a. They just need an event. That convinces the American people that they have to give up their guns for their own safety, and I think they'll get to it at some point. I really do. I just think it's a matter of time because they are beating away at it. I can't believe that Gavin Newsom, and we'll play him after the break. We're in the second hour. We'll play some clips from Gavin Newsom uh, because he wants those guns. I mean, they are they're. <laughs> he's trying to get support for the Twenty Eighth Amendment, a Twenty Eighth Amendment uh, that will we're, we're, restrict your gun rights to a level never seen before in this country. And uh, he's doing it very methodically, like I said, going on Sean Hannity, uh, trying to make himself a, uh, um, a reasonable thinker, and that in order for us to have liberty in this country, in order for our kids to go to school safely, we must take guns away from law-abiding citizens and restrict their ability to get them. It's just, it's so crazy. Uh, but that's what's happening, and it's happening, uh, it's happening quickly. Now... I want to play one more clip in this segment. This is Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, people love him. <clears throat> if you're paying attention to this guy, uh, he's from Harvard and Yale, um, saying all the right things. He is defending Donald Trump. But what he's really talking about in this speech is the idea that free speech keeps the peace. Now, everything he's saying, I agree with. I'm just saying, how many people from the club must we listen to Uh, And how many of them are going to be running for president? And how are we going to get out of the box if we continue to get fooled by these people that are in the club? Vivek Ramaswamy, clip number five, eight. Ready, go. means you believe in free speech and open
0: debate, that you get to speak your mind, and you do, and you do, and you do too, as long as I get to in return. That's the bargain of what it means to be American, because our founding fathers knew it. James Madison on down, before him even, Thomas Jefferson waxed eloquent about it. He's my favorite one. Okay. They knew that free speech is a precondition for truth in America. You think about those school closures two years ago. You think we would have closed those schools in this country if we had been allowed to say
1: that we shouldn't close those schools in this country? Of course not. Uh, But we were suppressed, and we were suppressed while Donald John Trump was the president of the United States. That's just a fact. It happened to me, so I know it for certain. Stick around. We got hour number two coming your way. I want to talk about Gavin Newsom. Uh, There's a lot of things in the news that we need to pay attention to, so stick around. We'll be right back.
2: The Rob Carter
1: Show. SR
0: One Sundays. The Rob Carter Show.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. Hour number two coming your way. Now, I was thinking through the break. I wonder if people understand what I'm trying to get across. I think we have a controlled system by people that went to club member schools, Ivy League schools that are in secret societies. Maybe they're in the intelligence agencies. I don't know. I don't know how you get into the club. I wish somebody would ask me to come into the club. I'd like to know how the whole thing works. But as Newt Gingrich said, the secret societies, Skull and Bones, Princeton, Yale, Harvard, they have united to take control over the American citizens and they do not want to lose their power. So when I'm playing these clips for you of things that you want to hear, the exposure that you crave and desire, they're all coming from club member people on the GOP side Josh Hawley we played a clip of him earlier he does a terrific job when Josh Hawley speaks he's fantastic he's obviously a very bright guy he's from Yale and he let us know that the American government the federal government and the federal agencies are turning their head and allowing child slavery inside the interior in the inside the borders of the United States we have a child slavery system you think anything will ever happen? I don't know. I doubt it because I think the government is running the child slavery system, not ignoring it, running it. Then we have a Ted Cruz clip. So you got Josh Hawley from Meal, You got Ted Cruz from Princeton and Harvard. And Ted Cruz, that clip was about the FBI holding information that would blow the lid off of a bribery scheme by the Biden family. He's not going to turn over the information from a whistleblower. Apparently there's tapes where he can listen to the conversations, but we can't hear them because it is a matter of national security. Then we have Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. He's from Harvard and Yale, and he's talking about digital currencies. We played that clip earlier. Central bank digital currencies. Again, if the federal government takes away tangible money and it turns into digital currency, it's game, set, match. So they want to take your guns and they want to turn it over to digital currency. At least that's what Ron DeSantis is talking about. He says, of course they want to do it because they have more control over you if they can control your purchasing power. If you're not behaving the way they want, they just turn off your money. You can't buy food. You can't buy gas. They can do whatever they want. We talked about Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin, who is sticking up for Donald Trump. Glenn Youngkin from Harvard, from the Carlisle Group. And then we left last segment at the end of the first hour, talking about Vivek Ramaswamy because he's gaining some traction, uh, talking about free speech. Uh, but he is another guy out of nowhere. You'd never heard of him until he's running for president now. He's from Harvard and Yale. And my contention is these people don't get in on your television screens and they don't show up in your social media feeds and you don't hear their names and they don't gain power unless the establishment wants you to hear their names. Unless... They want you to hear what they have to say because if they control both sides of the argument and you think your side can fix the problem and neither side is even willing to fix the problem, then the system of slavery gets put into place. And people roll their eyes at that. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not rolling his eyes about it. And you got to remember, his uncle and his father were assassinated, so he comes with some form of credibility. Uh, At least I think so. Um, I want to get over into... Uh, Well, let me finish this up with Vivek Ramaswamy because there's another clip on here that I like. He talks about pardoning Julian Assange. Now, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy is not going to be the president, so whatever he says is irrelevant. Um, But he says that um, Julian Assange did nothing wrong and that if he was president he would pardon him and that he wants to go see him now. He's a champion of free speech. Everything that Vivek Ramaswamy says, I like. I think the guy's on the right track. I'm with what he's saying, but again, it's it's within a system that's going to get nothing done. He's not going to become president so he can give the Republicans something they believe in so they go, "Yeah, that's my guy. That's what I believe in. I believe in free speech. I believe in pardoning Julian Assange despite the fact that Donald Trump didn't do it." But it gives you a champion on that side. But it's a, it's just it's meaningless. It's just words. Again, it's just been going on like this for so long. We have to pick up on the clues. We have to see what's going on. We have to understand what is happening before we can fix it. So here is Vivek Ramaswamy, clip number three, five. Ready, go. I oppose
0: politicized prosecutions in this country. That's why I'm going to pardon Julian Assange without apology. I hope to actually visit him while he's in political exile in prison later this year because this is an individual who did nothing other than publish the information. That was leaked to him. That's what the D.C. press corps does every day. Yet this individual was politically disfavored. Therefore, he was persecuted by prosecution. How do we know that? Chelsea Manning, the person who actually worked for the government who leaked that information, had her sentence commuted by President Obama. Why? Because Chelsea Manning is transgender.
1: So, Vivek Ramaswamy, I agree with everything he says. Um, he is the champion of free speech in the GOP. But he's not the one I would pay attention to. The person I would pay attention to is Antonio Guterres. This is the Secretary General of the United Nations. Now, he's talking about misinformation on the social media sites and that what a huge problem it is and how the United Nations has got a little pamphlet out, you know, a little scheme to fix it, a scheme to take away your free speech for your own good because you can't hear misinformation about certain topics. It's unbelievable the way these guys work, but here is Antonio Guterres, Secretary General of the United Nations talking about misinformation on social media sites. Clip number three, eight, ready, go. Digital platforms are being misused to subvert science and spread
4: disinformation and hate to billions of people. This clear and present global threat demands clear and coordinated global action. Our policy brief on information integrity on digital digital platforms puts forward a framework for a concerned international response
1: framework for an international response. I can only tell you that's not good. And if you just pay attention to UN initiatives, you'll find out that it's the same initiatives on the left, not on the right, but on the left of politics, it's just that the right don't do anything to stop them. So they give you the, uh, they give you the idea that they're going to stop things, but they never do. They just talk, and they scream, and they uh, they create a bunch of political theater, uh, just like I talked about with Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, all of them. But the system continues to move into place. Here is Joe Biden because it always fascinates me that people put up with Joe Biden. Uh, if you're on the left and this is the guy representing your party, make sense of it for me. The guy can't string a sentence together. You see that he is diminished. His ability to think is gone. Uh, He has some moments of clarity, but for the most part, uh, he's an embarrassment to the country. Joe Biden talking about pistol braces. Check this out. Clip number seven, two. Ready? Go. And in most
7: cities down in Philadelphia and New York, areas I know well, like up here, you'd see a truck pull up, pull to the curb and selling weapons. Selling guns, selling AR-15, selling weapons. Well, guess what? You do that now, you go to jail. Made it harder for people to buy stabilized braces. Put a pistol
1: on a brace; it turns into a gun. Got it? That is our leader, our fearless leader, Joe Biden. Smoke and Joe, Adolf Magoo Biden. It is. It's tragic that this is happening in our country. And it's so uh, demoralizing that people just don't know where to turn. But that is Joe Biden. He is the president of the United States with 81 million legal votes. If you don't believe me, ask Fox News, CNN, ABC, MSNBC. All of them, they agree that Joe Biden got 81 million legal votes. Nothing to see here. Even Bill Barr said nothing to see here. Bill Barr from Columbia, whose father hired Jeffrey Epstein at the Dalton School in Manhattan. And then his son, Donald Barr's son, Bill Barr, is the one who says when Jeffrey Epstein commits suicide, run-of-the-mill suicide, sure, the cameras were off and the guards were sleeping. Everything is just fine, just a run-of-the-mill suicide. It's just it's incredible the way they try to pull the wool over the American people's eyes. I guess some people believe it, but the vast majority of people just know it's a bunch of nonsense. They just don't think they can do anything to stop it. But we can. If we get organized and we unify, that is what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is talking about. And maybe one of these Kennedys that go against the grain will actually uh, bear fruit, will actually turn this system around. Um, I don't know if it's possible, but uh, at least Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is talking some truth. Here is John Fetterman. Now, again, this is another guy from Harvard with a brain injury, can't speak, uh, has no thought process whatsoever. It's just a stuttering, bumbling mess. Uh, but this is the humiliation being waged against the American people. This is this is throwing it in our face because again we have a captured government. Here is John Fetterman, ready. This is with Joe Biden, by the way. Go. And now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a collapsed bridge here, and he is
2: here to commit to work with the governor and the the, the delegation. To make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure, yeah. And then on top of that, uh, the the jewel uh, uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inf- infra inflation infre- uh, uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this all across the America getting
1: rebuilt. Nailed it. Nailed it. John Fetterman from Harvard, senator from Pennsylvania. It's just incredible. He beat uh, Dr. Oz, another guy from Harvard. Uh, Pat Toomey, who was the previous senator, he was from Harvard. Uh, Very interesting how it all plays out, isn't it? A lot of club members, both sides of the aisle, and they seem to love each other when the cameras are off. Just like Jesse the Body Ventura, the governor of Minnesota, told us it's all professional wrestling. When the lights go down, they're all buddies. And that is the scary part about what's happening is the system of slavery, the system of total control over your life is being implemented and nobody's paying attention. Nobody seems to give give any attention to these things. It's a very small minority of people that have any idea what's going on in the world. And they feel, I guess they feel uh, bottled up to where they can't say anything, can't do anything, they have to keep their job, they don't want to make ruffle any feathers, they don't want to organize, they don't want to do anything. And I think that's the only way out of this mess. Again, keep an eye on Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We're going to play some clips from him here in just a minute uh, because I like what he has to say. I'm not necessarily um, in, the, in, the, uh, in the sack for Robert F. Kennedy Jr., but I think we must listen to what he has to say because he is throwing some truth out there. Now, here is Gavin Newsom because we're talking about a lot of political figures here. Now, I say all the time I have a, uh, an office that I go to in California all the time Los Angeles is a mess. I mean, downtown Los Angeles is a dirty, filthy, disgusting mess, and everything around it is a dirty, filthy, disgusting mess. And this is Gavin Newsom. He's been there for a long time. But here he is talking about uh, the 28th Amendment. He wants uh, an amendment to restrict gun rights. So you got to listen very carefully to what he's saying because he's being rehabilitated. Uh, He's going on Sean Hannity. Uh, They're trying to make him... I'm trying to make him sound like a reasonable thinker when he's nothing more than a used car salesman, a bad guy. That's Gavin Newsom. But here he is, 28th Amendment. Ready, go.
7: Every time it's the same. They tell us we can't stop these massacres. They tell us we have to stand by and watch tragedy after tragedy unfold in our communities. They say we can't stop domestic terrorism without violating the Second Amendment, and that thoughts and prayers are the best we can do. I'm here to say, that's a lie. In this country, we do have the power, the power to change things, to reclaim our freedom from fear. Our ability to make a more perfect union is literally written into the Constitution. So today, I'm proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to do just that. The 28th Amendment permanently enshrines four additions to the laws of our land. It raises the minimum age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21.
1: Oh, that's good. Because if you
7: can't buy a beer, you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. It mandates universal background checks to prevent truly dangerous people from purchasing a gun that can be used in a crime. Uh Uh-huh. It institutes reasonable waiting periods for all gun purchases, and it bans civilians from buying assault rifles. Those weapons of war our founding fathers never foresaw. This will guarantee states as well the ability to enact common sense gun safety laws, while leaving the Second Amendment intact.
1: Boy, we're in trouble. And he goes on Sean Hannity, and they give credibility to Gavin Newsom. That's something else. So you got the central bank digital currencies with Ron DeSantis. Uh, that's coming down the uh, that's coming down the pipe anytime now. Uh, could be six months, could be a year, but they have every intention on moving to central bank digital currencies. Then you have the attack on the Second Amendment with Gavin Newsom that we just talked about. You have the child slavery uh, that Josh Hawley talked about. Um, All of these stories about pedophilia. uh, Kids missing, they come across the southern border with no documentation. Nobody knows where these kids came from. They just now create a uh, birth certificate form or some form of identification, and they just disappear inside the interior of the United States. It's just incredible. Then you have inflation just destroying the middle class. And you have open borders with drugs flowing in, fentanyl, killing our kids. I'll tell you what, its uh, there's a lot of problems in this country that are going unaddressed as we fight for our political figures that never get anything done. It's up to us. I believe we have to organize. Segment number five coming your way. Stick around. We'll be right back. The Rob
0: Carter Show. The Rob Carter Show.
1: God, Remember when everybody really got wanted the gone. vaccines? They wanted to end the lockdowns. They didn't want to wear the mask. They didn't want to stand on the dots. They just wanted the pandemic over with so they could get on with life. And they said, get me those vaccines. Hurry up. Get them through the FDA. Warp speed, baby. Get them here. And I was thinking to myself, huh? There are people in this country that want to put a needle in their arm for a mutating cold virus with no safety record because it's the only way to be free again. We have the same thing going on here with the wall. This is Attorney General Andrew Bailey. He puts out a tweet and it says, "Breaking: The Fifth Circuit has ruled unanimously that Missouri has standing to challenge at President of the United States' refusal To build the wall at the southern border. Our lawsuit to force Joe Biden to build Trump's wall will move forward. I say be careful what you ask for. Um, These people uh, that think there's nothing going on in this country when you have Josh Hawley talking about a child slavery system. We have talked over and over about the pedophile networks in this country. You have digital currencies being put into place. Uh, You have your freedom of speech being tinkered with day in and day out across all the social media sites. You can't break through on the network television. So uh, we've got all kinds of fundamental problems with our constitutional rights. And this guy wants to build a wall along the southern border. And I say, what if we can't get out? What if we are really uh, in the midst of a transformation? Because that's what Obama said. We're going to transform the American system. Transform it to what? You know, walls generally uh, uh, are looked upon negatively by populations that get stuck within them. And here we are talking about all these slavery systems being put into place by our own leaders, our own government officials. And we're trying to build a wall along the southern border. (laughs) It's just uh, people are uh, very short-sighted, to say the least. Now, I want to get back to Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom, to me, is a very dangerous character. Um. He went on with Sean Hannity, and I think you should hear just a little bit about the border, Sean Hannity, and Gavin Newsom, and then I'll add some color to it after we listen to it. So here is clip number 83, Sean Hannity with Gavin Newsom. Ready? Go. What what I see is I
7: don't know how you reconcile some of these differences. Now, you either believe in secure borders and and law and order and – People that would want to come into our country have to do it legally. I'm the product of that. Right. Um, or there are people that want open borders. You believe in defund, dismantle, no bail laws like cities like in New York, where the show originates from. Or you believe law and order, safety, security is a prerequisite for the pursuit of happiness. You want energy independence or you want you don't want any any domestic energy production. I mean, the, the, how do you reconcile? I don't see those binaries at all. Quite you the don't country. see it at all? No, I don't. I mean, I, I want border security. Democrats want border security. We also want comprehensive. you don't want any walls. <laughs> <of, laughs> I want comprehensive immigration reform. I want to actually address the issue more comprehensively, just like Ronald Reagan did in 1989. Just like, and with respect, Sean, you promoted yourself hmm. with the Gang of Eight and bipartisan legislation that got 68 votes in the Senate only to die in the house that could fundamentally address this issue, which is the issue. So I don't see that I always had as my position, build the wall first. You're against building any wall. I know I have no problem with the 650 plus miles we have on border walls. I come from a state with the largest. I mean, San Isidro is the largest Hmm. land port in the Western hemisphere.
1: I would not be surprised at all if we end up with a southern border wall. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, why wouldn't they want a southern border wall when every other implementation of a slavery system is being put together underneath our nose? Why would a southern border wall be any different? And here's Sean Hannity, you know the genius. He wants a southern border wall. You know, and most people, when they look at it, they say there's just no way. Rob, you're crazy. This is the greatest country in the world, and it is. But we are in, we're in some gray area right now. Uh, we have no leadership. We don't know who's calling the shots for this country. Uh, We, like I said, all of the things that are going on within our borders, nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care, just the way Nazi Germany was. They had a good enough economy, and the atrocities that were being committed in the name of Nazi Germany is very similar to what's happening today. Atrocities around the world are happening in our name, the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War. Um, I have a clip here from, actually, I want to play this. This this is the way we are perceived around the world uh, by... uh, by other citizens of the world in the way we behave. Because you got to remember, the uh, Vietnam War was based on the Gulf of Tonkin, which was a lie. We have the Iraq War that was based on a lie. Uh, We now are sending billions of dollars to Ukraine to fend off the dirty Russians. It's all a money laundering scheme. But when we uh, killed Muammar Gaddafi, this is the way Hillary Clinton... Uh, she was being interviewed, and this is how she addressed um, the death of a leader of Libya, Muammar Gaddafi. It's just amazing. The, uh, the arrogance is just so unbelievable, and nobody seems to care. Hillary Clinton, go. Yes, we came. We saw. <laughs> he died. <laughs> did it have anything to do with your visit? No. Oh, I'm sure it did. That's hilarious because the interviewers, when it's Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton or the Bushes or uh, Obama, um, even when it's Donald Trump. Now, you have the the very, very ridiculous press that goes after Donald Trump and uh, frames him with all the things we know not to be true, and I think that's how it works. They never really ask him the questions that we should have for him. You know, They never seem to get to those questions. Uh, But they attack him with stuff that we know is nonsense. Therefore, we see him being attacked, and we are immediately inclined to defend him. Uh, But here is the way you have to go after somebody. This is Adam Carolla. Now, Adam Carolla is not a political figure. I don't think he was a comedian. He was on that show, The Man Show, with Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, But Adam Carolla, uh, I think he did some spots on Fox News there for a while. But here is the way he goes after Gavin Newsom. This is on March first of two thousand and thirteen. Listen to the pressure campaign that he puts on Gavin Newsom in comparison to the way, if you got to see the entire thing, the way uh, Sean Hannity went after Gavin Newsom. There's no comparison. And Sean Hannity's supposed to be a broadcast journalist of sorts, a commentator, somebody who's really hip to politics. And Adam Carolla is just a regular citizen, a comedian, but he gets after Gavin Newsom. Check this out. Adam Carolla with Gavin Newsom 10 years ago. Ready, go.
7: Half, half of African Americans in the state of California, roughly half of Latino families that have no access to a checking account or an ATM. Things we take for granted. They don't have a check What's account. What's wrong with them? And wh- but what but well, because they don't they don't have the resources to sock those things away. Why do we have them? Uh a lot of different reasons, but but roughly half those families don't where do they Why end do up? Armenians have them? But where they end up is why? in check cashing places. But I want to know why those group Why away? those two groups don't have access. Well, a lot of uh, just happens to be that we can so talk about No, they're hardly flawed, but they're struggling. Genetically are making flawed. their work hardly not ab- absolutely. But okay, not. so but absolutely do Asians not. have this problem? I mean, a lot of communities have, a lot of whites have these problems. Oh, but so it's not just black and Hispanic. No, but it. But, but why you bring up you, black and Hispanic? Because the magnitude is ominous. But why so many of them? It just happens to be the just magnitude. Just that's the way God planned it. Not at all. Well, what just, happened to that? There are a lot of issues, and with it, that the communities are struggling. A lot why of new they immigrants. Why are a lot of different reasons lack Hispanics of opportunity have been here. Blacks difficulty. have been here longer than we've been here well we we can we can surmise what all about that. Asians all they things. were put in internment camps yeah we in fact it all initiated at San Francisco and all right. the Chinese Exclusion Act came so out so they they the Are they the, Czech are they the a lot a lot of Asians certainly do oh, so why don't you why don't you because them the only reason why is the magnitude of well, the problem there's so many more the magnitude and percentage but there's terms no way
1: to figure out how that happened
7: of Africa we could talk about you know what i'm dealing with I don't want to have a sociological debate. No, sure why would you, rea- you have No, no here's why. Why would you want to do that? Because the person from the times wouldn't write good things about oh, you if God. you did that. No, no, that's not the case because I want, want to deal want to with get reality. You No, 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 uh, no, you want to deal with reality. Yeah, I want to I deal, deal with reality. reality of people is. that are struggling, people are suffering. I want to deal with the problems and Why a pragmatic are they struggling and I don't and want suffering. an idea. We can hold hands and surmise about all these underlying I don't want to do that. I want to know why they're struggling. Why are they struggling? A lot of folks are struggling because they can't find jobs. blacks and because they're working. White blacks and Hispanics. Across the board. All We'll show you okay, can, so mean, everybody, everybody everybody's struggling. So Asians are suffering uh, just as much as Black. Uh, the, the, the face of welfare is not an African-American family. Oh, so, so it's, so it's Asian, a, Jewish, it's all <laughs> of them. Uh, Caucasian, it's okay, a lot so of them.
1: I love that. This is so fantastic. He's just constantly pressuring Gavin Newsom. It's so fabulous. Uh, Adam Carolla, I mean, he should be a journalist. He should be out here uh, going after all of these politicians because that's how you do it. you got to remember these people are supposed to be answering to us. You can be respectful. Um, but when, once you see that they're lying to you over and over again, when they are misleading you, when they are uh, trampling on your rights, uh, respect uh, goes both ways. If they don't respect us and they don't uphold their constitutional duties, uh, then I think we have to pressure them and we have to humiliate them, we have to embarrass them, we have to show them for who they are. And that was a perfect job uh, by Adam Carolla on Gavin Newsom. Now I want to turn my attentions to this conversation with Joe Rogan and. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, um, I signed up for Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s campaign recently because I want to see how they go about things. I want to see how honest they are. I want to see how they organize. I want to be inside of the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. campaign because I like what he has to say. I'm very nervous that he's a Democrat. I'm very nervous that he will protect Democrats. I'm very concerned about the whole situation. Um, there is a part in the very end of this three-hour interview that Joe Rogan does with uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. where he says, you know, how do you feel about these things? I mean, you're putting yourself out there. Your uncle and your father were both assassinated. Um, are you scared? I mean, what what precautions are you taking? And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says that he's aware of it, um, that he can't do the things that he wants to be able to do in life. He can't go out and glad hand and shake people's hands like he Would like to because he feels like he's in danger. He's going after the establishment. He's going after the CIA. He's going after global intelligence in a very methodical way. Um, And he says he has to be careful. He's. uh, It's obvious that he's concerned about it. It is obviously obvious that he is concerned about his safety, uh, as well. He should be. Um, It seems like anybody that goes up against these people ends up in a bad situation. But um, we have to do it. You have to show some courage and some bravery and get out there and say, "Listen, this global oligarchy." that is originating uh, in Davos, the corporate money, the old family money. Um, I don't know how many people are involved in this thing, but you can see the oligarchies at work if you just pay attention. They have the United Nations. That's where all of the policy comes from, and that is being implemented, implemented here and other Western countries around the world. And you're seeing authoritarian governments unite to overtake the United States. And it's happening right before us. I think it's easy to see. I just think if you if you pay attention to it long enough, it becomes easy to see what they're trying to get accomplished. The only question is, do we have representatives in our government or is there anybody out there that can help us get to where we need to go? A lot of people are putting their money on Donald Trump. I think it's a big, big mistake. But I wouldn't put my money on anybody else. So for all of you people that love Donald Trump and think you want to go out and vote for him and campaign for him and he's going to save the day, I get it. You know, I look around, I don't see anything better either. Um, but I think at least if we're going to just say forget a, forget the elections we think um, at least I do I think they're manipulated and rigged. So for the most part, all I want to do with these politicians is get information out of them, see what they have to say, uh, try to figure out who's on whose team uh, see what they're trying to get accomplished see what their motivations are um, see what their connections are. I think that is the most important thing when these politicians are out there for us to see. Let's get as much information out of them as we can now here is here is the way Joe Rogan Introduced Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on his show. I thought this was terrific. It's very frustrating for me when um, I'm, I'm hearing
6: people talk in these, what should be long form conversations about very important and nuanced things. And, you know, I think one of the things that happens is people are very concerned with letting you say things that is going to get them in trouble. Or get their channel in trouble like there's a there's people that are doing a lot of self-censoring And I think they're doing that also when they having these conversations with you Because they want to establish right away that they have problems with you and they have problems with some of the positions that a lot of people have problems with I was one of those people so When I had heard of you in the past before I had read your book and before I'd met you I had no information on you but there was this narrative. And this narrative was you were anti-vax and you, were, you believed in pseudoscience and you were kind of loony. I didn't look into it at all. I just took it at face value because that's what everybody had said. And in my mind, vaccines have been one of the most important medical advancements in human history, saved countless lives, protected children. And I, I thought very strongly that they were important.
1: That's what everybody does. You become conditioned to believe something because it is a societal belief. He explains it perfectly right there, and then he gets into the conversation. We're going to get into into the conversation that he had about the science around COVID, all the misinformation, all the censoring, all of it. We're going to get into it in the final segment. But Joe Rogan does a terrific job there of just personally explaining how we start to believe things and start to uh, have perceptions on people and on ideas just because uh, that's the that's the way society looks at it. We have no idea what we're talking about. We just accept it. We adopt these ideologies. Uh, very dangerous, and it shows you what propaganda can do. Uh, final segment of the day coming your way. Stick around. We'll be right back. The
0: Rob Carter Show. SR1 Sundays.
1: Now here's the guy I want you to pay attention to. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He is out there telling people that he is going to run a new experiment here in America. He's got a whole different kind of campaign, one based in truth. He calls it an experiment. My argument with Donald Trump, I don't believe that he believes, I don't believe that his supporters believe that he saved millions and millions of lives with his magic gene therapies. So if he's lying, and if he endorses all of the people that he says he's there to clean out, what are we to make of it? Why do we trust him? What's the reason? I'm going with a guy that has a policy of truth. I'll keep an eye on Donald Trump. I'm certainly rooting for him. I'm rooting for him in the sense that I want him to come clean with the American people. Uh, I don't want to see him on Sean Hannity ever again. Um, I do not want to see rallies where he says he's the only person who can save the day. Um, All of that is utter nonsense, and it's just become a cult of personality with him, and I want that to change. I want to see him in a situation where he has to sit down, uh, look across the table to somebody who can interview him properly and answer questions. I want to see it. We need to see it as a country. Things are dicey. Uh, We can't ignore these things that are going on in our country um, and just hope that somebody's going to magically come save the day that has no track record of saving anything ever. Just a lot of empty rhetoric, uh, but no fundamental changes to our system that that stopped or that will stop the tyranny that is heading our way. That's my opinion. Here is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talking about Rolling Stone magazine because Rolling Stone magazine with Joe Rogan ran some articles on him where they framed him in a very bad light. They kind of lied about him, made him look sick when he really wasn't, and he, was, had a, uh, he had a beef with Rolling Stone, and he was describing that to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and here is how RFK Jr. responded. Clip number 6-2. Ready? Go. It had nothing to do
6: nothing with it. Nothing to do with fraud. But it's crazy that somehow or another that snuck through Rolling Stone. Well, Rolling Stone has made a big change. You
2: know, the guy who runs that now is a guy called Noah Schlackman. And I used to have a great relationship. You know, I grew up with Jan and, and um, his kids and stuff, and I publish there a lot. But the, he, the guy who runs it now is a guy with deep connections to the intelligence community and, you know, is... Uh, Is is really uh, deep deep in the orthodox? It's not a counterculture magazine anymore.
1: How about that? So he's outing outing a guy named Noah Shackman from Georgetown. So when you look him up, he goes to Georgetown. So, um, there's so much of the intelligence business littered throughout our media. It would blow your mind, and that has happened through all of the consolidation, all of the consolidation. We basically have five or six media companies that control all of the information that we digest. And I know we all know that, but you really have to think about how dangerous that is and think of how long we have been indoctrinated and conditioned into a thought process. You know, when the intelligence agencies give you your news and orchestrate events, you're completely in the dark as to what is real and what is uh, not real. Uh, bad situation, something we have to be aware of, and something we have to tackle right away with Donald Trump. Now, here. Here he talks about Peter Hotez. Now, Peter Hotez went on the Joe Rogan show. You might have seen him on CNN. He's very pro-vaccine. He wanted everybody to get vaccines. Couldn't wait for you to get vaccines, and he's all over the establishment press, CNN in particular. But here is the way RFK Jr. described Peter Hotez. Clip number 6-4. Ready? Go. Yeah. And also... Uh, yeah.
6: You know, I had a maddening conversation with uh, Peter Hotez once. Uh, well, he's – that guy is – Is
2: uh, I, I mean it's it's hard just watching a guy sit there and tell things that he's got to know are not true.
6: I don't know if he knows they're not true, but he's a strange example because when I was talking to him, he's overweight and I, I asked him, "Does does he eat well? He doesn't. He's saying, you know, he he, he likes junk food, he eats junk food too much. He doesn't exercise, Very walks a little, he was saying. He doesn't take vitamins. And I was like, this is a crazy conversation. So you're advocating for this experimental mRNA vaccine technology, and you don't even do anything else to improve your immune system? So
1: Peter Hotez... Media personality went on the Joe Rogan show is from Yale and Rockefeller University. So again, the reason I keep bringing this up is everybody that's mentioned within the scheme, whether it be on the right or the left, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, doesn't matter. The people really in the arena go to a handful of schools and or. They got into the club some other way, but the vast majority, 90 plus percent of these people all go to the club member schools and they control our society from top to bottom. All of the information, our currency, our media, you name it, they control it. And I just think that people have to understand it and recognize it or we're never going to get out of the box. I want to say it over and over again. We have to recognize who the club members are or who they might potentially be. Um, If you just look at the schools they went to, and I think those questions need to start being asked. And I love it. I love it that I have finally somebody on my side in Newt Gingrich, who spilled the beans on Fox News. I just absolutely love the fact that he did that because it validated a lot of things that I've been saying. I, I, you know, I get attacked from everybody who thinks I'm a conspiracy theorist, and I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just it's easy to look these things up. This is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talking about the Spanish flu because I had had somebody tell me once once before that there was a. Uh, a military operation out of Kansas. And that was the reason for the Spanish flu. It came from um, uh, a vaccine. So the Spanish flu actually started with a vaccine. Now, I didn't know if it was true, but here is RFK Jr. talking about Spanish flu of 1917, 1918, 1919, right around that point, World War I, um, because that was supposedly the biggest pandemic ever in the history of America and he says it was caused by vaccines check this out clip number six six ready go
2: well the spanish flu was not a virus and even um fauci now acknowledges that and they you know there's there's good evidence that the spanish flu there's there's you know not not a definitive but very very strong evidence the Spanish flu was vaccine-induced flu. The, the, the deaths were uh, vaccine-induced. But the, the de- originally, they said it was a flu. But when they've gone back and actually they have all the, sam- the samples from thousands of people, they died from bacteriological uh, pneumonia.
6: So they died as a consequence of something that you could cure today it, with, with antibiotics? Ampicillin. Okay. Yeah. So when we say – but they still – So, what was their so they you're saying they had a compromised immune system already, but why? But but a
2: lot of the you know, bacteriological illnesses can kill you. Yeah. It's that a lot of the viral illnesses, you know, if you're super healthy, it's pretty hard for them to kill you. I mean, I and I'm just saying this not on any individual basis, but on a population basis. If you look at populations that are well-nourished, you don't see uh, infectious disease mortalities anymore.
1: Now I want to move on to this next clip because a lot of the things that were, were a lot of topics of conversation between Joe Rogan and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. are topics that I've had on this show way back before even Robert F. Kennedy Jr. wrote his book about Dr. Fauci. These are all conversations. These were things that if you were looking up information, you could find. Um, remember when ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were out there and Donald Trump said, you know, I think maybe we got a magic pill here with hydroxychloroquine. Then it came out that, no, it doesn't work. And not only does it not work, you can't have it. So if you went to the hospital and you said, you know what, I want hydroxychloroquine, doctors couldn't give it to you. And hydroxychloroquine is a drug that has been given to billions of people, just like ivermectin. And if you remember ivermectin, when that came out, you had guys like Terry Bradshaw and all of these people in the mainstream sports press and in the news organizations calling it horse paste. Remember, Jimmy Kimmel called it horse paste. It was just absurd. It won a Nobel Prize for treatments on humans, and yet all of these morons in our media, well, I don't know if they're morons as much as they are. Um, I'm just going to call them morons. I don't want to impugn their um, motives, but I have a good feeling that their motives are money. And they'll say whatever they need to say because nothing they said was the truth. They haven't backed off of it, and it just went away. All of these people that lied to the American people, all of that information, these people still have their late-night television shows. They still have their sports shows. All of the things that they said that are verifiably false, nobody cares. It just moves on. They just move you down the field whether you like it or not. But here is... Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Joe Rogan talking about the coordinated lies around ivermectin. Check this out. Clip number 6-8. Go. It's such a – because it's, it's uniform. It's horse
6: dewormer. Uniform. A medication that's used far more often on human beings. It's been prescribed for Bill, – Billions. Yeah. It's insane. And yeah. the fact and that
2: – And won the Nobel Prize for, for efficacy in humans.
6: Yeah. In humans. Yeah. It was wild. It was just but wild. They had, they had to do it.
2: They had to discredit ivermectin because, you know, uh, because there's a federal law, the federal law, the emergency use authorization statute says that you cannot issue, you cannot issue an emergency use authorization to a vaccine if there is an existing medication that has been approved for any purpose that, that is demonstrated effective against
1: the target illness. So your government restricted treatments for something that could have saved lives because they wanted to sell you vaccines through an emergency use authorization. And that's what happened. So that is your government. The same government that has pedophilia rings, the same government that allowed Jeffrey Epstein to either commit suicide or be murdered in prison when he had all of this information about the elite people in our government, the elite people in our society. This is the same... Government that is allowing fentanyl to cross our border. This is the same government that is shipping kids all over the uh, interior of the United States with no form of identification. This is the same government that allows child uh, slavery, according to Josh Hawley, at least, and they don't want to do anything about it. Here is RFK Jr. talking about data manipulation because if you remember, episode number three on my podcast. I said, are you paying attention to the data manipulation? If you just look at what is being uh, sold through Fauci and Dr. Burks, and even when Trump when he got out and did the you know, 30 days where he was giving a press conference every day, Cuomo was doing the uh, competing press conference up in New York. It was all data manipulation. All you had to do was look at it. If you've ever been in business and you know when people are lying to you about the data and manipulating the data to sell something that's not really true, it's true, but it's really fake. Check this out. Here is RFK Jr. talking about data manipulation that I discussed all the way back in like June or July of 2020. Go. What they did
2: is they had 22,000 people got the vaccine, 22,000 had and they have six months of data. Some of that is unblinded, but it's six months. And uh, during that six-month period in the vaccine group, one person died of COVID. And in the placebo group, two people died from COVID. So that allows Pfizer to tell the public and, you know, FDA to tell the public, oh, this vaccine is 100% effective because two is 100% of
1: one. And he goes on to that. It's a much longer explanation, but he's beginning to show you how the powers in this country manipulated data to sell you a false premise. And they did it over and over and over again. All of the information that they were given to the public was nonsense. And you could tell it at the time. That's why I don't, just because people trusted it and didn't recognize that it was a lie under Donald Trump doesn't excuse him from allowing it to happen. He was in charge of the country. He was the chief executive officer of this country. He's the the buck stops with Donald Trump. You can't say that he didn't know and he got rolled and all of these other things and then say he's going to get a second chance at it when he hasn't told us how he's going to fix things in the first place. Here's another thing I want you to hear. This is RFK Jr. talking about AZT and AIDS because it was the same game with remdesivir. I had a lot of friends hurt by remdesivir, and uh, I just don't think people had any idea that our government would stoop to these levels. Uh, AZT and AIDS and remdesivir with COVID-19. Go. AZT, which was initially a chemotherapy medication
6: that was killing people in a two-week dose they were giving them two two weeks of yeah. this stuff was killing people faster than aids was killing people yeah and they went and took that or excuse me what faster than cancer was killing people and they went and took that and started it, giving it to people that had it was had too AIDS. dangerous for, to treat as a cancer right and it was re, it was
2: it was thrown out as too dangerous to use for two weeks in chemotherapy and now they're they they decided okay we're going to give it to people lifetime course of it To people of AIDS and of course it's gonna kill you know anybody on it is gonna kill.
6: Well the Arthur Ashe thing blew me away because I didn't know that Arthur Ashe was asymptomatic when he he and then he died right after he started taking AZT. And
2: he said publicly I don't want to be on this I don't I think it's hurting me but my doctor is gonna get mad at me if I get off
1: of it. And they go on to talk about the same Scam with remdesivir. So the cure was much more dangerous than the disease itself. Very alarming. I hope everybody goes out and checks out that conversation on Spotify on The Joe Rogan Show. That's all the time I got for today. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. And once again, happy Father's Day. Take care. Good night. The Rob Carter Show. This is SR1.